Welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Peter and welcome to the V City podcast. Today I have uh, a dear friend and former co-worker who decided to, you know, do his thing. His name is Jinx Yonin. That's the correct pronunciation? Yeah, that was perfect. Oh, I'm so happy. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jinx and I have worked together for, for, for a little bit and we just connected and it was amazing. Uh, one of I was reflecting on some of the things that Jinx and I did together that made our journey so interesting and what we learned. And one of those things was having tough conversations in the workplace. It kept coming back up and up again um, because of the nature of the work that we were doing together. Training adults can be fun, but it can also be sensitive and you need to know how to make sure you know how to balance that properly. And Jinx brought so much grace to that and so much <laughs> levity and wisdom to it. So I want all of us by the end of this to be able to learn a little bit about having tough conversations in the workplace. It doesn't always mean it's a negative conversation. That's another thing I learned working with Jinx. It's just a different conversation that requires preparation. So without further ado, I would like to invite and welcome Jinx. Jinx, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you so much for that that introduction. Um, I appreciate it, and I'm doing very well. Uh, it's been a beautiful day. I've had my coffee, uh, so and not much to complain about today. <laughs> so I'm feeling well. Glad to hear that. Uh, so <laughs> let's 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 get started first. Some people are probably wondering who's Jinx and why is his name Jinx and <laughs> what does he do. Because I've been interviewing people in tech, right? So that's basically the idea of this podcast is mostly tech and relationships, which you just sit right in the middle in this conversation. So who are who are you, Jinx? Pretend I don't know you. We haven't been friends for a while. Yeah, no, totally fair. Uh, I'm a Capricorn. I like long walks on the beach. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, so uh, I was uh, born in Chicago and uh, I lived there for about six uh, years of my life. Uh, my family uh, then moved uh, for new opportunities uh, to Detroit, Michigan, um, where I spent uh, the better half of a decade there. Um, and close to about 15 uh, years ago, we came to Arizona. Um, and that time, I was always a, a very curious child, uh, loved technology, um, loved interacting with things, uh, loved taking things apart, and uh, most of the time, putting them back together correctly. Um, and so realizing that about myself, I, I kind of made a journey to, to work in technology. Um, I had an amazing opportunity to work at Apple. Um, I was there for about 10 years. Learned a lot. Um, I, I worked a bunch of uh, different positions, uh, most notably uh, working at the Genius Bar, uh, kind of helping individuals get the most out of their technology. And um, in that evolution, I kind of found my passion with um, helping people along the way. Although fixing things was always great, um, having conversations and, and making people feel good about themselves or helping them get through a situation really kind of gave me a yeah, or gave me dopamine for lack of better words. It, it made me happy and it made me fulfilled. And so kind of knowing that about myself, I seeked opportunities where I could essentially uh, work in technology, but also help individuals um, along the way. And that kind of snowballed into uh, uh, figuring out what my lifelong passions were. And then I had the uh, amazing opportunity of meeting you uh, working at Mural and developing a, a really solid relationship with uh, everybody there. 
having those uh, uh, learning opportunities and having those discussions to help myself grow, but also seeing what I could do to contribute uh, for the betterment of, of individuals. And I imagine we'll get into the details of that in a little bit. Um, and then now I currently work uh, at the University of Phoenix, uh, where I uh, do tech support there for uh, the executives. I'm still very much in training, so I, I definitely don't consider myself to be um, uh, extremely knowledgeable just yet, uh, but working my way there. Those are the words of a, of a humble man. Um, <laughs> it's like I worked at Apple for 10 years. You know, I'm still just learning. <laughs> Never stop learning. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing. Um, no, no, Jinx, thanks for explaining and giving us that kind of like a, an overview of, of your life there. But you're in IT and you're you've really grown uh, to a very high level, even though you don't you don't want us to believe that. Uh, so. <laughs> What would you classify as tough conversations? What would you be like? Yeah, so that's a tough conversation. If you're if you're doing that, you should probably be aware that it's a tough conversation. What are some of those things? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, it, to me, a tough conversation is any conversation that um, is directly um, affecting a certain individual. Um, and to take it a step further, it's something that may address their character, their personality, um, things of, of, of that nature. Um, in the world of IT, um, in my experience, uh, the, the places I've worked were really big on culture. So when you have a, a, a group of extremely intelligent individuals, um, which I have been very, very blessed to work with, I think some of the smartest minds um, in retail and in other sorts, uh, you, how do we talk to those individuals and how do we make them feel important and feel validated? Um, there, in the world of IT and in the ever-growing world of technology, uh, there's things that are constantly changing. Um, IT changes, I think, every three to six months. Something brand new came out that completely flips what we used to know on its heads, and that can be stressful. Um, not to you know, discount what happens in personal life. And so when we have these jobs where we're working with extremely stressful uh, processes and trying to troubleshoot programs um, and hardware and then uh, not take care of ourselves mentally and physically. Uh, how can that affect you? And I also believe that when people feel their best in a place where they matter or they feel that they matter, uh, they will perform their best. And so merging those two together, I think, is what what kind of uh, balances out IT and, and difficult conversations. But um, anything that would directly impact somebody, uh, both positive and negative, I think would be considered a, a a difficult conversation to be had. And of course, some more than others. Exactly. And something crossed my mind. Uh, I think this this conversation is more, could be more, gravitated towards those who are either already or aspire to be in managerial positions where you're leading a team because that's more where you have tough conversations you have to deliver good news uh, and bad news and sometimes the news is good or bad depending on who's listening right so it's though i think that's one thing but you know one thing i want to point out that's a tough conversation is when you have to approach someone to discuss improvements mm -hmm. and the company cultures that we we are both uh, accustomed with relate to making sure that people have fun and people know that they can grow in that particular position. 
in the tech industry, training is super important. You mentioned that, you know, every three to six months, there's something new that shows up that that can flip everything on its head. And every other year, there's something even more powerful that we might need to adopt, some new regulation, whatever it is. And because there's so much happening when people get employed, we have most companies with good company culture would like to train you properly to make sure you don't make mistakes. They could train you for a very long amount of time. They could train you for a short period of time, but you will get training for those of you listening and those of you who are already in the industry already know this. So when you're working in training, whether it's through an official training medium or you have people that, you know, you're just shadowing, when it comes to development, learning and development, I think a lot of tough conversations are had because it's like you have to make sure that you are caring enough to let them know that you want to see them succeed while also being candid enough to say, I noticed that this is not at the level it should be, so how can we find improvements? When you have those kind of conversations, which I am very aware aware of, Jinx, <laughs> because we've done that together, how do you approach that? What's your, you know, there's what are what are what are your uh, checklists, or how do you typically compose yourself for conversations like that? Yeah, no, that's that's a phenomenal question, and and I think you kind of touched up on it. So. Um, there was a saying uh, that you and I are, are very familiar with um, that is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of with that in mind, anytime I, I try to um, or where I know I'm going to have a difficult conversation or the conversation has an opportunity to go, um, you know, in, in a negative direction, um, I always open up the conversation with okay, I need to build rapport. I need this individual to understand what's the point of this conversation. Um, nobody ever wants to hear from um, either uh, a peer, a supervisor, a manager, and, and so on, that, hey, you know, do you have time to talk? Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, that is almost like your significant other telling you, hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. <laughs> yeah. And, and human, you know, humans, we don't sit down and say, oh, they're probably trying to plan a surprise trip with me. Um, <laughs> no, we always think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get fired. What did I do wrong? And you start <laughs> going into your brain and, and thinking about every little thing you've done and, and any mistake you've made. Um, and we've all been there. You know, it's, it's a very human thing. Um, so if I know I'm going to go into a conversation and that conversation is going to uh, be an opportunistic one, where we'll be talking about development or maybe something that wasn't done correctly that could have been done better. Um, I'll always start the conversation off with, hey, how are you doing? You know, at that point, I'm determining is now the right time to have this conversation. Um, if I were to start a conversation with you, for example, and you know, it's it's 10 a.m., we started work at 9 a.m., you're an hour in, and I really need to have this pressing conversation with Peter. Um, and I go to have the conversation. I say, hey, Peter, how are you doing? And then you continue to tell me of how rough of a morning you've had. Um, that should be a flag to me and say, hey, maybe this isn't the best time to have this type of conversation. Um, if it's a very pressing conversation, maybe I won't dive too, too deep into it and set up a follow up where it will be a better time uh, where we can be open with each other. Um, and a lot of factors go into that decision, whether or not um, how much rapport do you have with the individual? Um, in our environment together, um, sometimes those conversations would happen 
three, four days into meeting somebody all the way up to five weeks of working with them. Um, I can guarantee you the way that one would approach the conversation meeting somebody for three days versus someone that we've worked with for a month might be a little different. Um, I now know your personality and I know uh, my, what would work with you or not. But the biggest thing is that understand that even though you need to have a difficult conversation, it might not be the best time to have that. Um, and the whole point of these conversations tends to be for development. I want to talk to you to help you succeed and to help you grow. Um, making that point uh, a clear in the beginning of the conversation usually sets a positive tone. Um, now, I'm not going to say it works every single time because people are different. Um, but at least I can tell you as the person that's receiving um, the feedback, for lack of better words, or the coaching, that, hey, these are my intentions. This is what I'm planning to do with this conversation. Um, are you in a place where you can have that? If the answer is yes, then let's continue. If the answer is no, I've had a, you know, uh, um, and usually they won't come out and say no. Uh, the individual will say, you know, I spilled coffee on my lap on my way to work. Um, I was late taking my dog out, which made me late to work. Or, you know, last night I, I was up really late because I had to have, you know, a, a serious conversation that kept me up. Um, those types of scenarios happen because life happens. And being sensitive to those things as somebody that is coaching or delivering feedback is, is in my opinion, the most crucial. Um, and that's not even getting into how do you approach a difficult conversation. Uh, we're just getting into is now the right time and is it okay and are we both comfortable enough to have it? Um, and again, apologies for the long-winded answer, uh, but that's usually what goes through my mind before I have a uh, any form of difficult conversation. Thank you very much, Jinx. Much appreciated there. Um, there's there's something that you talked to. You, first of all, you use the word coaching, which is super important. Um, at work, we both know we've been we've been taught and, and reminded that these are coaching conversations. It's not some conversation to hurt anyone or uh, it's all for the positive development of whoever you're having this tough conversations with. And there was something you taught me, uh, or rather this, this, this phrase you always say, which is assume, assume positive intent, right? Because <laughs> you saw someone was late or you saw that a particular KPI was not met or um, some particular aspect of the development was just not as it should be. You first that you don't, ex you assume positive intent. You don't know what happened, right? So you, you know, who knows? Maybe, like you said, they really did spill coffee on their lap and, you know, the computer did turn off, it blue screened on them. Like, you, you assume the best and you go in with that mentality and not with a, with the mind of vengeance, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, referencing the Batman background you always had at work. <laughs> yeah. <But, laughs> so for those of you listening, Jinx always had this Batman um Batcave actually, uh, background at work, and it was the best because he never changed it, and at a point it just felt like his house. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would go on. Yeah, people would joke. They'd be like, "Oh, that's an awesome Batcave." I was like, "It's not a Batcave. This is my home." Like, <laughs> I don't. Know. That's a very terrible thing for you to say about my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did have that background. Actually, yeah, the whole time we worked together. I don't think I changed it once for Christmas, maybe, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that was I loved it. It was it was good. Um, but yeah, you you know, having interesting Batman always has tough conversations, it looks like. Um, but 
just going with that positive intent, I think is super important. There's something else I wanted to point out, which is when you're coaching, you know, when I don't know if you were part of that training that we did, but um, with with at the company, but we learned about how you want to make sure you're not talking too much. <laughs> let the yeah. person that you're trying to develop, let them talk, you know. You talk 20%, they talk 80%, which is difficult to do, but you don't want to blab at them. You want them to express themselves and hear their perspectives on things. Uh, so that's, that's I'm, I'm adding to what you're saying in terms of preparation, making sure that, okay, these are the things I want to touch upon when I have this conversation. And I want to make sure I shut up and hear and listen. Because in order for people to take feedback from you, you should be open to feedback too. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I'm glad that, you know, at work, we'd made sure that was clear. Like you can tell us if we're doing something wrong and if we're doing something that doesn't you feel is not part of the company culture that we're trying to build. And finally, I think one thing I learned from our training with um, with some of our leaders was specific goals. Don't just show up and be like, do better, man. <laughs> like <laughs> how how do I know that I've done better? <laughs> I love I hearing that. <laughs> So are there anything, is there anything you have to say about these things in terms of what we've just talked about, what I just mentioned? Yeah. And, um, I, I, I come, you know what, I, I, I space that, I, that we, you and I have had that conversation about assuming positive intent. Um, so yeah, the thing is, um, and, and I'd like to briefly touch up on all of them. So, uh, assuming positive intent, you don't know what happened. Right. Um, and the thing is, is that assuming positive intent not only benefits the recipient of the conversation, but it also benefits you to prevent you from walking into a situation where you're like, hey, Peter, um, let's have a conversation. Um, I noticed that you didn't hit your goals today. Um, why is that? And then the other person will sit down and, you know, in, in a sense, break down and say, I've been having a really rough time. Um, you know, I'm uh, going through a divorce or it doesn't have to be that drastic. You know, I'm, I'm a new parent and my my child has is, is, uh, been keeping me up all night. And so now I just came into the conversation um, guns blazing, you know, sort of speak, just to find out, wow, this person is actually going through something. So how would that make me feel? Terrible. Um, and if it doesn't make you feel terrible, you're in the wrong field. <laughs> There's, something wrong with <laughs> yeah. There's something wrong with I'm you. I'm about to say that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the thing is, is that at the end of the day, coaching conversations are always to benefit the recipient. Um, you cannot benefit anybody if you don't understand where they're coming from or why they are the way they are or why they did what they did. Uh, so always assume positive intent um, until proven otherwise. Uh, there are some things that, um, you know, it's just pretty black and white. <laughs> like, hey, I, I saw you uh, uh, do this and um, I, I know you did it. Uh, but I still want to know why. Like, you know, like truly help me understand why. So that way there might be a behavior to correct. Um, the other point is uh, the 80-20 rule, right? Um, you talk 20% as the person delivering the coaching and you listen 80%. Um, and I think that goes back to the fact that you're here to develop somebody. Uh, they need to talk. They need to have every ample amount of opportunity to be able to share their thoughts. Uh, because as somebody that's responsible for coaching, you don't know what they don't know. Um, we can sit down and say, well, I taught you this and we've gone over this multiple times, but that doesn't necessarily mean they grasped it. Was there another way it could have been explained, right? Um, we don't ever want to assume 
or at least I never want to assume that I do everything perfectly and I explain things perfectly and therefore you should know how to do this. No, let me understand first and then steer the conversation from there. Um, so those are two things that I feel that if you can incorporate those into your mindset that every conversation, whether it be a positive one or a difficult one, um, would be directed towards positivity. Uh, if you want to help people, you have to understand people and everybody is different. Um, so understanding what makes people tick and what um, what is the reasoning or the thought process behind why they did something or maybe why they're not understanding something will ultimately help both of you grow. Um, you will uh, benefit by helping the individual you're giving the uh, coaching to and the other individual will be grateful and saying, wow, thank you so much for that conversation. Now I get it. And then they become successful and it's all kudos to them. You are listening to the V-City Podcast by Peter Ojun. Do you want to make an impact in life? Do you wish to use your time effectively? Do you believe in learning to grow in wisdom? If you answered yes to these questions, then you are in the right place. You'll be inspired to achieve more. Um, actionable goals, right? Uh... Yeah, I do love that one. Um, nothing right. cracks me up more. Yeah, when someone sits down and says, hey, um, is there anything I could have done better? Yeah, um, be better. <laughs> like, you're going to look at me with the weirdest look in your eye. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, so having specifics, right? So I, I saw you. Um, uh, I'll give an example. Uh, let's say uh, we're making chicken, right? We're baking chicken. And um, we make chicken and Jinx makes the chicken and it's too dry. Right. Um, you come to me and say, hey, Jinx, the chicken was dry. And I sit down and say, OK, how do I make it better? And then you just say, I just make it better. <laughs> uh, well, that's not helping me out any. Um, so, you know, specific steps into how to uh, actually um, accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Be as specific as possible with room for the individual to make it their own. Um, we don't, uh, I would never want to sit down and say, Hey, I want you to reach this goal. I want you to make 50 calls over an eight hour shift, but not give you the tools or give you, um, uh, uh, the ability to reach that goal instead develop a plan, right? Like, Hey, uh, for example, if we were trying to get somebody to make 50 calls in a single day, which is an astronomical amount. So excuse the, uh, uh the scenario, but you want to have 50 calls in a day. Let's talk about, hey, what are your hindrances? Let's talk about what we can do to get you there. And hey, let's start with 10. You know, by the end of this week, let's try and aim for 10. We'll touch base. Next week, let's aim for 20. We'll touch base. And then you'll naturally grow. But that individual knows exactly what you're looking for. Um, hopefully, they feel like they know exactly how they're able to accomplish it. And that would be the recipe for success. Um, Anytime I'll say it kills me again. It just be better. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Better. <laughs> Go and be better. <laughs> um, so Jinx, thank you very much for, for touching up upon those things. Uh, just for the audience's understanding that was these conversations were some most important conversations Jinx and I had at work. We were, we were just invested in saying, how can we make sure that we are the best trainers, facilitators, leaders, and, you know, coaching agents 
coaches in general for for the people that we work with. I wanted to switch gears from that just a little bit to focus on customers because in the IT field specifically, so there's lots of things in tech where you're not customer facing, mm-hmm. but when you're in IT, even if you're not public customer facing, you are internal customer facing. You're, the people in your company are your customers. And there's a particular way you need to learn to deal with them, especially when delivering like, hey, the, inter- the, the internet's going to be down for the next hour or our emails, you know, we're still working on that. Those are those are some tough things because people are, their their careers and the, the plans they have their scale their, their calendar and their schedules are I was about to say calendar <laughs> <laughs> their schedules and their calendars are dependent on these on the infrastructure that you were managing so there's quite some pressure on you and I think that you are in the with your position which we'll talk about soon uh, both how we worked together and on uh, where you are now you can speak to this how is it how do you make sure you deliver, how do you deliver, how do you handle those tough conversations, that news and with people? There's some things that are going through my mind, but I'll bring them up uh, when you're done. So floor is yours. Yeah, no, um, great question. So the biggest thing for me in those scenarios is transparency. This is what's going on. Um, Give as much information as possible without being overbearing. Um, Not everybody you're gonna interact with as an individual working in IT, uh, sometimes you'll be talking to managers whose responsibilities aren't IT. Um, their responsibilities would be to manage the floor or to uh, possibly write schedules or, or look at spreadsheets and work on accounting. Um, they don't necessarily speak tech, um, but we want to give those individuals as much com- as much context and as much uh, information as we have so at least they get an understanding of it. Um, it'd be as transparent as possible. Um, going on the uh, example that you had given, um, internet has gone out or the network is down. Um, Number one, it, it's really difficult to communicate uh, when the network is down. Uh, so uh, you can't email uh, Teams, uh, Zoom, uh, Slack, any one of those messaging systems uh, won't work. So uh, you have to find a way, maybe sending out a text message to everybody saying, hey, um, our network is down. We are currently seeing this issue happen. Um, we're unsure why it has happened, but we're currently working on uh, bringing it back up. So now the recipient understands, okay, the network is down. It's not my stuff that's broken. Um, it's not my computer. It's not anything there. Um, everybody now knows that this is something that is hindering us from from working. Um, and then they get the uh, peace of mind saying, okay, it's currently being worked on. So now we know here's the issue. We also know that it's currently being worked on. And then the uh, everyone else can have peace in that. Yes, it may cause some stress um, anytime uh, internet goes down, um, computers stop working, uh, credit card machines no longer function properly. Uh, this causes big impacts to the business. Uh, but partnering with their people and letting the uh, people who are affected by these things know we are partnering with the right people and we are uh, we've dropped everything and we're working on this um, tends to have a positive outcome, um, even though it is a very negative situation. Um, I think the worst thing that one of the worst things that can be done is saying, hey, we're having networking issues. Stand by. Stand by for what? <laughs> like, does this mean I can go take an early lunch? Um, do I need to clock out for the rest of the day? Um, you know, share as much information as you can and be as transparent. Um, 
you know, never sit down and say, hey, we're going to get the network up in five minutes and then 30 minutes have, has passed by and nothing works. Uh, so I think that would be the key there. Yeah, and you touched on something that I was actually about to bring up, which is road mapping. You know, some of the stuff we, we teach um, and we trained upon were are so critical in almost any area in tech. But before we, let's be, okay, so so for, for listeners, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a crash course on what Jinx and I talk to, to people about. But before you even start with road mapping, you got to try to build rapport, right? So if, if, if you're in charge of a team of five individuals on the floor and you're in charge of making sure that their, their IT infrastructure is good to go, there's no hiccups, um, make sure you're building rapport even before there's an issue. You know, say hi, be friendly, and whoever it is you're working with, try to learn about them a little bit. And Jinx is just brilliant at doing that. And, and t you know, you're able to sense if something's down, something's not going well that day. You just say hello, pry a little bit, see if they're open to talking about it. Building that rapport so that when there is something that's not going the way it should go, they trust you. They don't, they don't despise you they don't feel like it's your fault they already have a relationship with you that and then the second thing would be road mapping for me okay the internet's down what ha, what does that mean for us it means that you can't use slack you can't use um the internet well you can't send messages you can't uh send your emails and the estimated time for this to come up is of course we always teach people to uh under promise and over deliver that we're saying that for the next three hours, but you know that this could probably be fixed by just turning the router off and turned back on. Um, but you're not sure if that would be the case because you've seen where it's gone for up to three hours before. So you say three, four hours, and then maybe you fix it within two hours or in an, in an hour, and they're even happier. So you you don't, like you mentioned, you don't want to <laughs> promise five minutes and then it's even, it's longer than that because it helps them plan their day. You are listening to the V-City Podcast. Here we have conversations surrounding technology. I listen to people who are in the tech industry and hear their story, their ups and downs, what makes them excited and what they have learned. You'll also hear stories from people who are not in tech. The goal is to broaden your perspective and see from different lenses. Is there any other type of tough conversation that you feel happens in the tech industry? Um, yes, uh, but before I jump into it, uh, I, one thing I think you mentioned that was absolutely brilliant, building rapport. Every chance you get, build rapport. <laughs> um, it's amazing what good rapport uh, will do for you. Um, but going into uh, any other types of conversations, um, I think the the most difficult conversations are the ones, uh, tend to be the ones that aren't planned. Right. Uh, so sometimes you have two coworkers that are um, maybe not necessarily getting along. Um, those conversations that nobody hears about, um, those I think tend to be extremely difficult conversations. Um, 
there's a, a plethora of classes. You know, you and I have been through one uh, together where uh, we learn how to interact with people, how to have these difficult conversations. Um, having positive conversations uh, tends to be significantly easier, right? Um, hey, I want to bring you into my office. Why are you bringing me in here? Because I want to give you a raise. Well, everybody is happy. Um, the the tension, there's no tension in the room. Um, uh, the everybody has a sense of happiness there, um, but. When you're coming into a difficult conversation, um, those get rough. And then when you have uh, maybe employees or, or coworkers, um, or even two bosses, you know, peers that are having a conversation, um, but they're not necessarily communicating properly, those are difficult conversations. Um, so. Although the, there isn't an easy fix for these types of things, right? There isn't an easy fix for um, addressing conversations that nobody hears about because how can you address it if you don't hear about it? Um, and that's where the culture is a really, really big thing. Um, you don't have to have training and how to properly deliver uh, a conversation um, that can go negative. If the culture and if the culture's in the right place, um, if individuals are hired, that tends to be very honest and transparent by nature. They tend to be very uh, uh, respectful and caring and in tune with other individuals' uh, feelings and 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 their livelihoods. Um, those conversations you don't hear about tend to go really well because you know that you've now created an environment of people that care, um, which is one of the things I personally loved uh, about uh, where you and I work together. Um, I don't think I have met a single person there that did not genuinely care about me. Um, and I don't even know these people yet, <laughs> right? And they all care. Um, and so you naturally want to fit that mold. Uh, you naturally want to partake in what the greater group is doing. Um, if I have a culture of individuals that care, difficult conversations become less difficult. Um, sometimes you have to say, hey, I want you to know that uh, I want to have this conversation because I want to I want to help us get better. I want to I want to see you succeed. I want to see you thrive. Um, but if there is a positive culture being built around that, that is like the unspoken word. I never have to worry if Peter is giving me a conversation to be malicious. I know that, hey, that's not how we are here. Um, not to say it works every single time, um, but for the majority of the time, those conversations tend to be the most difficult um, because they're not always known on how to be had. I'm so glad you were able to kind of take that from the conversations into the culture because they feed into each other. You know, uh, there are people who have tough work environments and it drains all the joy out of out of their livelihood. So I'm really happy that we're having this conversation and anyone who's listening can take one or two things and and this is something that you can also be aware of when you're looking for a new job or looking for a new position just being careful to know what's the company culture like here what are their values what are their what's their mission uh what do they take seriously here and that can sometimes you know for the most part i think a company that follows through with their missions and values and the people you interact with you tend to see that okay this is the kind of culture I want to work in. This is what, where I believe that I will thrive regardless of the situation. So you really, you really brought it together there. How would you explain your profession to a child? So if I were five years old, Jinx, how would you tell me what you do? Oh, wow. Um, 
So what I currently do is that I make sure that decision makers, uh, people that have really difficult uh, uh, decisions to make, um, constantly have their technology uh, functioning properly. And I make sure that they're able to communicate uh, through uh, video conferencing programs um, effectively to where they don't run into any technical issues there. Um, and then I also make suggestions on how um, things could be better. It's, I guess, the easiest way I could describe what I do currently. Are the, the, the people who make these tough decisions, are they all around the world or are they specifically at the place you work? Um, so uh, our office is uh, fairly remote, so um, we do have um, individuals that come into the office, uh, but for the most part, it's usually remote, so they can be anywhere uh, within Arizona. Um, I know of a few individuals uh, that live outside of Arizona, uh, but it is all national, um, to the best of my knowledge. Everybody uh, currently resides in the United States. What are some of the obstacles that you have encountered? not necessarily at your, your your place of work but just in general in terms of your career in IT and in tech yeah um so two things in particular will uh, have always stuck out to me and i think i will always think about uh, these things for as long as i live uh, the biggest thing is never stop learning um, you know, we kind of mentioned it earlier. Technology is always evolving and always changing, and therefore the individuals that work in technology need to follow suit. Um, we need to be uh, evolving. We need to always be learning, um, not only for knowledge, but just for a better understanding of what's working on uh, or what's currently working in the world. Uh, so learning is something that I've always uh, struggled with at first because I tend to be somebody that I get it, like, you know, it makes sense to me. Um, and when those things don't happen, where I don't grasp a concept uh, immediately, or I don't uh, understand things uh, as quick as what I expect myself to understand them, um, I get frustrated, I get really angry. Um, I feel like I'm not doing a good job and I start to internalize those feelings. Um, so being able to work through um, what's changing in the world, constantly learning and going from teacher to student, from teacher to student, back and forth over and over again. Uh, the second thing that has been a, a, a big obstacle, which led me to uh, want to go into training and development, is that um, earlier on in, in different, um, at different roles I've had, um, I didn't always have the best support or at least support that made sense to me. Um, I've been extremely fortunate to work with, in my opinion, some of the most talented people uh, um, on the planet, um, very loving and very caring, but they didn't always explain things to me that made sense. Um, I understood what they were saying, um, but it didn't make me feel good. Um, it didn't make me uh, necessarily want to come back to work the next day. Um, one of the hardest conversations to receive is a turndown conversation for a role. You know, you apply for a position and you don't get that position. And um, that can sometimes be a little difficult. If the conversation, the turndown conversation isn't delivered in, in, a, in a way that's conducive and beneficial to the recipient, then that recipient leaves the conversation feeling really bad about themselves. Um, the biggest overarching thought that I constantly hear is I wasn't good enough. 
that affected me like crazy early on because I didn't understand like what can I be doing better? Um, why is this not working for me? Um, this is something I really want to do. Why aren't they allowing me to do it? So now it turns into this really negative place and you end up becoming jaded. Um, now, growing a little bit, uh, maturing in time and having more life experiences taught me that I needed to kind of see things differently. It doesn't, not everybody has the ability to articulate uh, their thoughts perfectly for the recipient to understand truly where they're coming from. Um, so I had to teach myself, it's not what you're saying exactly, it's how you're saying it. There is, you know, 10 different ways I can tell you, hey, you didn't receive the position and nine of those ways won't make you feel good. But the 10th way is what makes you feel good. And so having to kind of uh, deal with that uh, throughout my career um, in different, again, uh, uh, places has taught me that, wow, I don't want anybody to feel that way. I don't want anybody to ever have a, a turn down conversation or a negative conversation or a, a developmental conversation and walk away feeling bad from it. So let me see if there is another way to do it. Um, and that is essentially what led me to, to become so passionate about uh, development and, and leadership and really wanting to help people. Um, so uh, to very quickly paraphrase, um, constantly learn uh, is, is something I've had to learn throughout my opportunities, as well as always try to help people, but understand them first so you can help them out. It's a good quote there. <laughs> Thank you. And what I suppose this would be my uh, my wrapping up question before we go to the kind of the summary here would be. Now that we've talked about all of this, what are some practical steps that someone who's listening to this like, OK, drinks, I hear you, you know, I I do have some tough conversations to have with my uh, with my peer or with my boss or with my my employees, whatever it is, and they're listening to you and they're saying, what are some practical steps that I can take now to to initiate this conversations? Yeah, um, so the first thing I would say is that um, have you built rapport with this person? How well do you know this person? Um, do you know them or do you just know who they are at work? Right. Um, and then plan your conversation according to that. If it's somebody that um, you really don't have a, a lot of rapport with, but you need to have this conversation and you need to have it immediately. Um, open up the conversation with asking them, how are they doing? If you put their needs in front of yours for just a moment, mm -hmm. then you can gauge, is this the appropriate time to have this conversation? Uh, if the answer is yes, it is the appropriate time, then awesome. You spent time asking them how their day was. How are they doing? You're building rapport with them. They feel like you listened. Um, and everything is good. If it's not a good time to have that conversation on the flip side, step away from that conversation and spend more time focusing on what you can do to help them out and whatever they're currently dealing with before you try to have the conversation that you need to have. If you get put in a situation where you have to have this conversation, but it's not the right time, then you have to understand that this conversation is not going to go um, well. It can go well. 
it doesn't always mean it's going to go bad. Um, but understand that waiting and having to push um, your uh, uh, coaching onto somebody isn't going to go well. So you, uh, one would need to readdress how do we coach, when do we get feedback, and do we have enough time to coach this individual? Um, if uh, one of the leaders comes to me and says, hey, you need to go have this conversation with somebody right now. Okay, I'll go have it with them. But if it's not the best time to have it with them, I'm not going to have it because that's not going to benefit them, which is the whole reason why we're having this conversation to begin with. If I had a dollar for every time we said the word conversation in our conversation <laughs> this is a good conversation <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for for bringing that up and yeah I, just for the listeners here i will add my own little anecdote which is just get started um i you know i struggled with uh, with with having tough conversations with people. And honestly, when I look back, there's some of them weren't even that tough. It was just to let them know that they're, you know, you're doing well, but here are some things we want to work on. But at practice, if, if you're in any kind of managerial position or you're a leader, team lead, whatever it is, having pra practice helps you. It's like stage, stage fright. You know, after you do it a couple of times, hopefully you begin to feel a little bit better regarding that particular style of, of of speaking to people you probably won't get it right the first time and you learn from that and that's okay but it's always awesome to have an accountability partner someone that you can trust like i trusted jinx to be like okay jinx this is what happened in the conversation do you think i handled it well and or sometimes i even have jinx come in the conversation and um either he'll you know, be the fly on the wall, keep quiet all through, and then we'll talk about it, we'll analyze it later, or he'll hop in and say, okay, you know, and add his own little charisma to it to help the conversation go even better. And that was one thing that helped me improve with having those kind of talks with people. So my, my point with all this is getting started. If, if you're in that position, I understand that you're afraid because I've been there, um, and I know that it can be scary, but you just got to get started and and get better as you you know just do better <laughs> no you have a you know that's a, that's such a beautiful point uh, get started um and 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 get feedback if i could ever say one thing you know if we could ask hey what is going to be the number one thing that you have to do before having a tough conversation or what's the one thing you have to think about um the thing is is that be comfortable with being uncomfortable um that doesn't mean go start a fight with people and be okay with it. Um, but what it does mean is that a lot of people forget that that, that tend to receive uh, coaching. Um, don't understand that sometimes it could be awkward for the person that's delivering the coaching. You know, it could be weird. <laughs> like I don't want to sit down and give you bad news or make this awkward. Um, and it's it's you know it's weird for both people, um, and that's okay. You know, I I can't tell you how many times I've cracked jokes uh, when I was uncomfortable, and I'm. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily do this if, if it doesn't fit your personality, but uh, I'll tell people, be like, hey, I just want you to know I'm feeling really weird about this right now. Like I, the conversation is going to go well. I was like, I know, but I'm like, I just, I, I know you're, you look a little uncomfortable. I'm a little uncomfortable too. So let's just, let's just have the conversation go like, all right, cool. And we'll add another dollar to your bank for saying that the C word, the conversation word. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's a, a, a yeah. I think uh, you brought up a lot of really valid points on, on what to do and what can be done and, and practice 
does make close to perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, you pointed out some extra stuff there and I appreciate that you did that. I'm gonna bring it to a close. The final question for Jinx here is, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Jinx, what yes. would be your question for the next person on this interview? <laughs> um, so is it the same topic or is it a, just a, a random topic, just as a surprise question? It's not the same topic. It's, uh, I haven't decided on the specific title, Okay. but it's likely going to be troubleshooting in the tech world. Oh gosh. So, okay. So I love hearing about these. Um, what is the best troubleshooting horror story you have? <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, that's a great troubleshooting. Uh, that's a great question for troubleshooting. Pre previous person I had a conversation before here, before ours, basically asked you the question as to how can he be able to use his platform to get more equipment for the people in low income communities that um, need these equipments so that they can learn more about technology. And, you know, he's a cloud advocate and wants to teach people who don't have access to the kind of equipment that we have access to. So what are some tips that you think from your perspective and your knowledge that you can bring to the table for us? Wow, solid question. Um, I really want to meet this individual. So I, I'm not, I, I don't claim to be a professional in this area. Um, however, some things that I have heard that worked, um, reaching out to different foundations, um, getting donations. Um, sometimes you can go to uh, older schools um, that are in the process of recycling their technology. Um, not only that, high schools, universities, higher education um, areas, uh, when they're done using their technology, um, and mind you, most of these uh, uh, institutions will refresh their hardware every one to three years, I wanna say. Um, so you'll buy a computer and it will be at most maybe a year or two old uh, before um, they kind of send it out. Um, they'll send it out to uh, uh, a place that will refurbish them. Um, so reaching out to those individuals um, and finding out uh, who in your area um, deals in that type of uh, in that type of industry and seeing if they'd be willing to donate uh, for the cause. Um, it's always great to have a, a website that kind of explains what the cause is. Um, that way people can see what's going on. And then once you get enough people to sit down and rally behind you um, and support your cause, uh, you tend to find that the uh, the equipment or the resources to be able to accomplish the cause uh, tend to come a lot easier um, than if individuals don't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. What I think you you brought some call to you talked about some general things, then you gave the call to action, which is something that I like to have in conversations. Brilliant, brilliant advice there. Thank you so much, Jinx. It's been a pleasure. In fact, it's been wonderful to see you again. Have a great conversation with you as always. Thank you for being here. Thank you listeners for listening. And I hope that you enjoyed this. You learned something new about having conversations, technology, and the world surrounding that tech and relationships. And I hope to see you all in the next episode. And thank you, Jinx. It's been a wonderful time with you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being here. You just listened to the V-City podcast. Consider rating this podcast as it helps us get seen by others. Share this episode with someone and search v.city on YouTube to find video recordings and more.